0: hello and welcome to the power of our Rock podcast i'm excited because today we have two incredible guests on our show as part of our indie spotlight series that i want to make a recurring part of the power of our Rock podcast first up we'll be speaking with zhang Yushin from the chinese-born austrian based rock band the sino hearts about the music his incredible backstory and some other interesting questions you'll also get to hear a song from them before the end of our segment as well after that i'll be speaking with josh courtright from room six youtube channel to talk about how he helps shine a spotlight on Indian music here in Las Vegas. So make sure to stick around until the end because both guests are fantastic and I think you will really wanna hear more about both of them. Welcome to season four of the Powered by Rock podcast. We'll bring you the best stories in rock music with a focus on highlighting independent rock musicians and their music from all over the world. No, rock music isn't dead. It's getting better and better. It's just time for you to start paying attention again. With that said, Let's get this party started.
1: The mountain's gonna rise
0: and fall by me. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Power by Rock podcast. It's my pleasure to be speaking with Zhang Yushin of the Austrian-based rock band, The Sino Hearts, today. Zhang is the lead singer of the band. And from what I understand, you now live in Austria, but you're originally from Beijing, China, which is pretty cool. Hey, Zhang, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, man. And thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming to the show. I know it's very early in Austria. It's, it's Austria where you're from, like right now, right?
2: I uh, no. Uh, right now, like, uh, I'm back in Beijing. Like, uh, yeah, 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 for like the first half of this year, probably. Okay.
0: You were in, I think you were in Austria the last time I talked to you. Yes,
2: yes. Uh, Last year I was there like uh, for like a European, like a punk, the festival. So we did like uh, basically in Italy. And then like I was like in Austria and in Germany and uh, then uh, back to Asia. So.
0: That's very cool. Yeah, I've been yeah. to Beijing once, but it was only for about five hours. I've been oh, to China okay. about six times, but only Beijing once. Wait,
2: oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. So
0: it's obviously a pretty interesting aspect of, of, of rock culture that somebody from China, actually, and especially with the, the sound that you have, it's, it's pretty remarkable. I think it's incredibly good. So I just want to know, how did you get into rock music while growing up in China in the first place? It's, I've been to China. I've never seen anybody listen to or hear or talk about rock music there.
2: Yeah, I think it's uh it all started around like early two thousand, like when I was like uh, in middle school, and I remember at that time was like maybe this the second or third like global punk revival thing, like the pop punk with like the Green Day or the Blink and stuff, sure. and uh, I remember like NoFX actually played in Beijing like around like, early two thousand. And uh, also like a bunch of any other bands. And when I was young and I saw like some, like like at that time, like a new wave kind of like punk bands, which call like Brain Failure, like they, I think they got signed by Rancid or something back then. And they went to the Whoop Tour and sure. uh, became quite international. And at that time I was like, okay, it was pretty new for me. And I never thought about like, okay, an Asia band could do it in this way. Kind of like high standard back in the 90s. So like, I just, I just thought, okay, yeah, maybe, yeah, it's it's also another like new way of thinking. So I'm like, on on another hand, there was like uh, a lot of like, CDs coming from the outside to to China for like uh, recycling, like landfills, whatever. So and then I think it's still happening nowadays, like in Indonesia or any other like developing countries, like they're buying this kind of like resources from the Western world and like w- resell it in their own like system.
0: Sure.
2: So I think like back then I got a lot of like. The new CDs of everything, so I I learn from there until I got opportunity to study abroad, like Austria, and to like continue everything in the real world. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's very interesting that you mentioned kind of like the punk scene being the the Kickstarter essentially for that music uh, industry yes. or for your for your uh, you know background and stuff. Because if I listen to your music, I don't necessarily get like a late 90s early 2000s punk vibe I get more like a 70s fuzz rock or you know maybe um, you know even like the British rock kind of like yes. 80s and, and early 90s British rock sound so are are there other influences other than the, the punk sounds and punk uh, bands that you just mentioned that kind of touch what you guys' sound is like now?
2: Yes because like uh, then I was like living in Europe and and then like I just found out okay and if you just listen to like those sort of like mainstream rock bands kind of like embarrass people and then like uh especially like in a city like Vienna where like every band's like been ever tour like every year and yeah. uh, you can see like all kinds of bands and then like I start like uh, a digging like 70s bands and previously i played as bass player at the band cut Frankenstyle like which was like a 77 punk bands and we opened for like the addicts uk subs the vibrators this kind of thing also like when i was on tour like this uh austria ramones core band D cracks and i got totally the brainwashed by the power of the Ramones and, uh, and it's kind of like the, mix, like the mixture, like when I start with the sign of heart, so I just want to like combine this kind of like, um, uh, like an analog seventies vibe of musicality, this like new way of like doing everything. And, uh, and that's where everything comes from. So,
0: yeah. I think it's going to be pretty interesting when people actually hear the song that we're going to play later that, you know, yeah. when I, when I say like, you know, Chinese rock band, a lot of people aren't going to expect what they actually hear from you guys. I don't think because it's, it's a really cool sound. And when uh, Noah from Otitis media records sent me the, yeah. the album, he was like, check this out. This this kid Zhang from, from Beijing is amazing. And we've released his album twice, like two albums in a row now. I listened to it and I was like, okay, yeah. So I listened to it and I was like, Holy shit, this is this is really good. like this is this isn't just like good like indie music. This is like good, like really high level rock music. So um you know, yeah, this thanks. is this is the kind of stuff that I live for. when I find a band or somebody mentions a band to me that has this high quality, you know, very professional sound, but it's also like no one's ever heard of you, but you're like this diamond in the rough. and especially with a cool background <laughs> like you're from China versus, you know, yes. you're from Kentucky or something. It's, it's a much cooler, yeah, yeah, much cooler story <laughs> to me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: So let me ask you this. This, this, this might kind of help people uh, understand maybe in a more narrow uh, field. Yep. What is the top, five, uh, top three favorite albums you have, uh, rock albums, let's say, since this is a rock-based show. You might like other music, and, and that's totally fine. But what are yep. your top three favorite rock albums of all time?
2: Yeah, I think number one could be uh, the Johnny Thunders and the Har- the Heartbreakers, R E M F. Also, yeah. like, I think the second could be, uh, like, the Beatles, like, the first one, like, when, like, every, yeah. Also, like, I think the third may be the boys, like, the English, the punk band, the, the boys, and their yeah. self title I think okay. is my top three, yeah. That's very Yeah, cool, personally, yeah. I'm really kind of like uh, into punk rock for a, a very long time, and then I I started listening to like something new, like like in the last maybe three years, like during the pandemic. So like I listened to a lot of like indie rocks or whatever, but uh, normally just sixties and seventies rock.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I think that's a pretty good indication of how you got your sound because, I think, I mean, even if you think of like the the early Beatles songs, the, the Beatlemania, all that hysteria that was yes. going around, it's it's a very yeah. similar sound to that, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And you've got you've even got the oohs and the ahs and the melodies and all that harmony stuff <laughs> in there, so I think it's pretty yes. cool. Um, yeah, let's thanks. talk about you guys have played like you said you've played kind of a little bit all over. So I, I'm curious, what's yes. the what's kind of like the coolest place you played the biggest venue or the coolest show or just the, the most fun you've ever had at a show and why was it awesome
2: yeah so last summer like we played at the uh, italian like kind of like ramon's fan based like open air punk rock festival called punk rock raduno in Bergamo, italy and uh i remember like it was like the one of the hardest travel experience I'd ever had because last year was like the Chinese hardest lockdown ever. And the atmosphere was kind of like cultural revolution, like in the new age. And if I speak or if I talk in English on the streets and somebody will point the finger at me, I was like, okay, what, what the hell also like the government have, like, some kind of, like, policy is, like, if you're uh, going abroad, you must have a proper, like, excuse, a proper reason. So, like, which, effect like, which lead, like, the majority of the people still, like, locked in the country, and they're not allowed to be out. So, it's like, but we have to play, so I have to be out, so I got the invitation letter, everything from the Italian the company. So like when I was at the airport and they're kind of like inspector at at, at the border. Like it, it reminds me of like maybe 20 years ago when I went to Hong Kong. It was like the same kind of thing. Yeah. And they asked me, okay, yeah. What do you do like abroad? It's okay. I'm just, uh, yes, yeah, for walking. I'm like, okay could, uh, for what reasons go like, oh, I'm attending to like a cultural activity and blah, blah, blah. All, oh, yeah. Okay. Like, can I see like your documents? Uh, of course, but it's all in Italian. It's,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> it's, yeah. It's Chinese. i mean, it's like, it's, it doesn't make any sense. So, like, Hey, but I don't like the inspector, like, like caught out some, like his, his colleagues and I don't, like they did, like five dudes checking an Italian, not the documents and like oh okay yeah, you can be out. I think oh okay yeah and and <laughs> I and then like on the same side. So when the plane like land in Germany and 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 I've been asked by the German the police at the border. Okay, what do you do in in Europe? And so and then I repeated like the same, but the policeman just uh, uh very curious. Like he insists to asked okay, what kind of music are you playing? So punk rock. And then my new record's gonna be out in your country like in three weeks or something. I said, yeah, yeah that's cool. Welcome to Europe. Welcome to Germany. And then like yeah. that was like every yeah, everything's fine then and then that was like in Europe. But uh in Asia it was like in Japan because like for the music musician or or rock and roll the fever people I mean Japan is always like a dream place
0: yeah I
2: remember it's like around like maybe uh five years ago we did a japan tour we got invited by like uh te based like Tokyo label cut target earth record and they put out like all the cool in the garage the punk bands I', I don't, like we're on their label too and then like I just I was like after our show and I was like sitting with uh, all other guys like they are like the legends from the 90s like in the Japanese scene. I was like, hey, yeah. Joe, we're looking for the guys just like you like since the, the 90s, but we, we never found ones so, until now. But at the same time, like we're on a round table. I was with our like Chinese drummer and Austrian the bass player. So... And then I talk to our Austrian dudes like in the German, talk to Chinese like in Chinese and talk to Japanese in English at the same time. And all the Germans are like, oh my God, what Yeah, <laughs> yeah what language <laughs> are you talking to? It's like, okay, yeah. are you talking Germany? Yeah I, yeah, I do a little bit German. So yeah, yeah. that was like, yeah. but I think the scene in Japan just incredible. Like everybody knows what you're doing and it's, and they're just all of them kind of like nerds, like dressed like 70s or dressed like come from like uh, the Back to Future season three or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you like rock and roll episode, whatever. So, yeah, yeah, that's pretty fantastic.
0: That's awesome. Now, I think that's pretty cool because, like, obviously, the travel and the situation with COVID and everything, the Chinese government and
2: the tensions yes, across the world times. and the
0: diplomacy right now is throwing a lot of things in in, in the blender and, and causing a lot of issues um yes. i won't i won't speak to that too much because i don't want you to disappear or anything off the street uh, uh, yeah yeah just being yeah. on my podcast but um i do want to talk about the last album you released which was lightening the darkness so lightning, yes. like as in lighting lighting it up lightening yes. it up um and you have a new record coming out this year as well so can you tell the listeners kind of about the musical direction of the last album kind of did you have a sense of what you were trying to accomplish with that album because i know it's like i think that's your second album Um, and then what do you have kind of coming up on this new album that may be similar but also different for the next one
2: yeah uh the last records it was kind of like a COVID record because uh the album previously was mandarin uh, gogo's kind of like pure like high energetic like punk rock and with, with a little bit like 60s vibe. I feel like, and I remember like when we record the Agogo record, it was like in Austria, like in Graz, we were like on tour and having a party every day. And like, I was like thinking about, okay, and the next record should be kind of like remaining like the same kind of genre. I feel like suddenly, out of a sudden, 2020 and the worst and the whole world kind of like, um, uh, tearing me apart. I don't like, so I just started. Oh, okay. I never listened to like some, like, like so many records in my life. I don't like, yeah, uh, yeah, it was like no, touring, like, no, yeah, like nothing. Uh, but i got like a lots of like records I bought over the years, like through the tour. I don't like, I tried to like uh, do like all like combine all kinds of genre. Like I love like to a box to a package, and, uh, and it was very complex, like a little bit like complex because like normally I want to like record in Europe because the studio thing like in China was not really proper. Even I recorded like some of those songs in one of the one of the best the studios in Beijing and like when I googled it and like he said okay it's yeah it's built like like three million yuan or whatever I was like oh yeah. oh my god but like actually when I was in the studio saying like, ah oh, okay it's okay yeah yeah and uh so I just wanted to like combine like indie rock and and the seventies and the sixties like in a package so i I work on a lots of like uh arrangement thing and uh try with like new drummer and uh and so it's a record and I create some sort of like some sort of like a new system so I recorded like in Beijing and got mixed and mastered in Italy and got pressed in Germany and re- released in Europe and the states. Yeah. Also in Japan, <laughs> I feel like I, but I never found like this this record in my hands till I was in Europe last summer. Nice. I don't like it, I, I, I was like it's it's all in a sudden. I then like yeah, it's like I I, I I, like finally after a year of working on that record, I picked them up like at at like like. Like in like in front of like uh, like the Viennese beautiful l- landfills factory. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like I just pick my records up there. I just thought, okay, it's, yeah, it's very complicated records. So yeah, yeah, but uh, but uh, the result or the critics was pretty good. So mm-hmm. I received like both the positive and negative thing, the critics. So yeah, it's good.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people, when they they review albums, they either do it in a very shallow manner or they actually do it in a way that makes sense for a musician to understand it, right? So I I tend to do kind of a a mixture of a fan looking at it and also a musician looking at it where it's kind of a little different. Whereas most people who are reviewing albums usually aren't musicians, which is crazy because they're just journalists. And it's like, how are you to say what's good or what's bad? Cause like, you don't even know what you're playing. You just, you know what you hear and that's, that's fine. That's your musical taste. But then it's like, you also don't understand a lot of what goes into that record, both like musically, influentially, uh, you know, just chronologically in the history of the entire scope of music and stuff like that. So, um, you know, when I heard it, I immediately was like, this is something new. It's something different, but it's also familiar, which is what, you know, a lot of people try to to keep doing and they try to like you know do cover songs or recreate stuff to kind of pull up that that influence but you never really had to do that you just instantly kind of created these these songs and it was like as soon as I heard them I was like this is this is pretty damn good so um, was obviously <laughs> one of the reasons why you're here today but um yeah. the next album are you kind of thinking that it's going to go in the same direction as the last album or are you going to kind of mix it up again or are you just kind of see how it goes i mean you, i think it's already recorded right
2: yes uh it's been recorded also like last year like before i fly to europe Mm -hmm. so i don't like but there is like a a new element because from that records we've got uh, a new guitarist from the states so like but uh he's like he's now he's he's back to the states and and he was in a band called the shirks from the Washington DC, like in the '90s, and like he That's was right. like teaching in Beijing, like as like as some like uh, national university or something. So like he contributed like some like solos. So like, the next person um, who has
0: to play those I'm live is going right. to be screwed, is what you're saying?
2: Yeah, I don't like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, it's okay because and uh, next records uh, it sounds like more like rock and roll is. But it's to to another level, so like more like uh, it's more like solid records. Like, but it's also a con- like continuation of of the last record. So, but uh, in a better level. So, yeah, nice. it's kind taking of it, yeah,
0: it's taking it up a step, yeah. huh?
2: <laughs> yes, yes, I think it's kind of like maybe it's gonna be the best records so far of we've ever done. Yeah, now still like mastering in in Italy. So yeah, it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be a mixture between like seventies and and this also like this also like the eighties, like post like post punk, like the Smiths. Also like nineties pop or something. It's gonna be cool, like pop rock, But, but like more like indie indie punk, like. Whatever you name it. So, yeah, yeah it's,
0: it's hard to cool. figure out what it's called until it comes out, and you're like, eh, I kind of listen. This is how I hear it. So, everybody has a different <laughs> yes. way to call something, right?
2: <laughs> yes.
0: So, I do want to give obviously people a taste of what your music is like. So, we're going to play the song Another End of the World. So, can you tell me what the song is about, what it means to you, and, and how you put it on the last album?
2: Yeah. I mean, this song, it was like the oldest song I've ever done, like, uh, of our last record because I I wrote it like around like ten years ago because at that time it was like a rumor of like Maya Apocalypse whatever like uh, yeah 2012 <laughs> yeah. so yeah. I remember and then it's like and then I, I remember I saw a, an open air concert of Social Distortion that summer I don't know, like I just want like do like a Social Distortion thing and um, about this kind of it's, everything comes to the end and I was in Austria. And then like, I, I, I remember the, the, the so-called on the so-called like, like apocalyptic day. I was like on the, like on the bus, like in middle of nowhere in Austria. I don't like the driver. He was like having some like, like issues. So like, he just dropped all the passengers off the bus and, and 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 I was like it it it, it was like before the christmas and there's like nothing on the highway so I was like and I'm a chinese dude walking on the highway and and, and there is like nobody else and i was like okay so i should just write a song about it but later on it it life just goes on and uh, there's nothing happened i was like so i feel like so that disappointed, it's like, okay, the yeah, word still there. And then, and from last record, at the songwriting parts, I was like, okay, m- maybe I should try rearrange the song and, uh, to like th- this kind of era because kind of like f- familiar time, also like the media, blah, 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 like every day. Yeah. And uh, I just uh, did that song. Yeah, it's kind of like relief or. Whatever. Finally, I just put it out, and uh, and this kind of ap- apocalyptic thing—it's uh, yeah, it's over. <laughs> I yeah. Hope so.
0: Well, it's funny because it's it's always going to be another one until it actually then does cause the end of the world, right? And then which then it'll be like, oh, yeah. that's that's the one.
2: <laughs> yes. Maybe this year, yeah, you know, like <laughs> this year, all the media said, okay, the third war is going to like start out. <laughs> one. Yeah. Like sometimes that's okay. Yeah. Here yeah. we go.
0: Yeah. All right, well, that's pretty much all I got for you, but do you have any shout-outs or anything else you want to promote other than, you know, what you obviously we talked about, the new record coming out this year? Uh, are you guys going to, going, going to go on tour this summer or anything as well?
2: Uh, probably next year. Like, next year, I'll do, like, another round of the world touring thing. I will be combining the two records at the same time and organizing, like like a, like, a proper touring thing because this year I'm going to do like a German records and like I'll sing like in German, like in Viennese German and, uh, and, uh, do like something new. And, uh, I, and then I can do like the, yeah, and then I can be on tour for, for a year or two years. So yeah. Yeah. yeah it's hmm. going to be okay.
0: A busy future that, that you have in store for yourself then.
2: Yes. I think I just, I always want to try that because, uh, there's nobody ever done this the, the before, and uh, I, but like, last record Lighting of Darkness I also recorded like a whole Mandarin version of this record, and gotcha. uh, still awaited to be released like sometime th- either this year or next year, because I never done it before, but uh, it yeah, it sounds good but it sounds also like, like far away kind of thing I yeah. don't know if if it works on the Chinese market, but uh, well, I'll give it a shot. Of course. Well, we
0: might. Well, then I might be speaking to the next huge Chinese rock star, right? So you might be the most successful Chinese rock star in the history of the world by the time this album comes out.
2: <laughs> I hope. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's because I keep very extremely low key in China. So, but yeah. I play a lot of shows previously and our album was like released like for the chinese market through like one of the mainstream record company Not before we could listen to our records also on air china or whatever on the plane or kind of system but uh, i never did anything like interview like in chinese or talk what i thought about anything i just uh stay very very low and I just hide so it's <laughs> gonna be okay so yeah as long as I do this way I'll be safe <laughs>
0: yeah it makes sense well I do want to thank you very much Zhang for stopping by and checking in with us to help us learn more about the Sino Hearts and what's on the horizon guys yeah. I'm going to actually play this song another end of the world from the Sino Hearts so make sure to go to the show notes below this and check out all the links and the, the, to the music and social media as well and here we go this is another end of the world from the Sino Hearts Reverend Guitars embodies the idea that every run of scorching lead and every roll of finger twang deserve the same passion and commitment to quality. Whether you're selling out arenas or playing in your living room, we know that what makes an instrument powerful is when players wield them to create something remarkable, a melody that moves mountains, a riff that just won't quit. We want to be there in your hands when that happens. For us, that means staying true to what we believe. Somewhere along the road of electric guitar history, it became a crazy idea that guitar makers should craft guitars with the same sense of purpose and passion, whether they're played in a bedroom or an arena. If that's a wild idea, then we're in the right place. Carrying six strings and an attitude, and we're in good company. Reverend Guitars, well played. Running your own music career is incredibly difficult. Trying to get people to like, share, comment, listen, follow, it's all just overwhelming. Most musicians give up before they ever achieve success, and that's the worst. If you're looking for a better way to grow your music career, head to DIYRockCareer.com for some absolutely free training. It costs you nothing, and it could be the difference between hitting your goals and quitting your dream. Go to DIYRockCareer.com today by clicking the link below this episode. Then I lost my way Welcome back to the Power by Rock podcast, everybody. I'm here with Joshua Courtright from the Room 6 YouTube channel. He does a weekly show that highlights bands from the Las Vegas music scene, does album concert reviews, and so much more. Hey, Joshua, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, hey, welcome to Room 6.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. I mean, it's been, we've been kind of com- having conversations by email for a couple months now, and obviously with the Christmas break and some other stuff going on, it's just been it's been a while, but finally good to actually meet you we haven't even met in person and we live in the same city but i'm sure that will happen very soon but uh I, i'm i'm really interested because i've been kind of following what you do on room six for a while um and, and you know you have a lot of the bands that i talked to from the las vegas scene on your on your show as well but give me an idea like so people who are not like obviously aware of what room six is give a bit about a background about what room six is what you kind of why you created it and and what you're kind of envision for basically the whole the whole you know, down the, down the road, kind of future track for it.
1: Sure. Room six started because after the last time a band broke up, (laughs) I did music in this town for over a decade. And I, and I, I, I did the, like, I want to be a solo artist. I want to be a band, blah, blah, blah. I, after the last time a band broke up, I was kind of done loading gear at two in the morning. And I had, a at the time I had like a four or five year old kid and, um, I decided, okay, I'm gonna take a hiatus. And then, thing led to another and suddenly i was on unemployment and then you know and i i started looking at youtube realizing i want to do something to help the local scene uh and without going to every single show i just can't do it
0: yeah my liver and wallet can't handle (laughs) it yeah um
1: and and i actually started looking at it going you know hey what if i you know i've got a lot of things that with a little bit of you know a little bit of outlay money wise and a little bit of effort i can convert into what i'm seeing on youtube and i you know you start paying attention to what people are, are using and stuff yeah. and that became okay i'm gonna do this it's, it's strictly it is still strictly a, a a hobby at this point four years later because i'm not you know leaving a, a job for it kind of yeah thing. for sure which um by the way go to room6.shop <laughs> buy some merch um but i've i'm trying to put out a professional product that that is sorely lacking and missing for the local music scene or at least it it was i'm seeing a lot of stuff lately uh, from people such as yourself where i'm like oh cool now there's other avenues as well and where we're we're starting to like you said kind of share the same pool of of people um you came to my attention actually because of the doll heads who i have on the channel and doing my research for their interview, came across the interview you did with them, yep. and so that I was like, where, how have we never met? How, you know, why have I, <laughs> you know, just learning about you? So, like you said, we've kind of been circling each other. You've you've shown up at shows that I was going to go to and I couldn't, and yep. and then I see something, and I'm like, ah, that would have been the time. So, but <laughs> uh, Route Six, it has has changed over the years from just me trying to come up with content to now me trying to, to curate this, this community that is, you know, they've been on the show, uh, and they've, they've, you know, it, we, we can start doing things that are all around Room 6, uh, and to that end, I, I'd like to announce on May 6th, May the 6th, Revenge of the 6th, um, <laughs> uh, at Hennessy's Tavern on Fremont, I will be having my second ever Room 6 Rocks showcase And this one's going to be called Revenge of Room 6 because nerd, Star Wars, you can see (laughs) Mandalorian. Um, This is five acts that have been on the channel, and they've they've come on the show. They've performed usually here in Room 6, and this is my thank you to them, and it's a free show for everybody. So if you're not doing anything and you're in the area of Hennessy's, the best way you can find out about it is to subscribe to my YouTube channel, and, and there'll be updates, of course. But what I'm really trying to do now, thinking about the future, is... How can I go beyond Vegas and keep it local? Because mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, eventually might move, and then what? Yeah. Uh, so I, 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 to that end, I've been reaching out. I've had a lot of bands from LA and some from Florida. I've had some international virtual stuff. I'm really trying to just grow awareness of the non-national scene, and 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 do what I can, while at the same time, you know, not going to every single show
0: yeah yeah and i and i know exactly how you feel because for example even if you just stay in las vegas and go to four to six shows a month you're spending money on parking you're spending money on the concerts you're spending money on Mm -hmm. alcohol food beverage whatever merge possibly and it can rack up now then if you want to go see other bands in other states like california arizona or whatever you're talking about thousands of dollars per trip potentially and it adds up pretty quickly. Even if you get, like, I, you know, obviously get, like, a press pass for a lot of the shows that I go to. Even with that, mm-hmm. I'm still like, man, I just spent 150 bucks last night at a concert. And like, I didn't have to pay for the concert.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you have to start rationalizing. And also, there's content. You're getting content. You got to edit it and everything, yep. at least for me. Every single thing on, your, on YouTube, with the exception of the live streams, I'm editing. And the yep. live streams take care of themselves, but there's all that pre-work. And so... Yep you start realizing, like, it's great that everybody wants me to go to their shows and do reviews and, you know, and stuff. And it's great for the channel, except suddenly my to-do list is, you know, I'm, I'm now working on stuff in March and I have stuff that's waiting for me to fix, to, to get done and scheduled in April. You start realizing I had to cut, you have to cut it off somewhere. Yeah. And um, that's where, you know, so fortunately, I have a very understanding family that, that lets me, you know, I work very hard to balance and keep everybody happy that I can.
0: Yeah. And, and it's kind of the one good way to, you know, obviously I might not look it, but I am getting older now. I'm like 41. I have a two year old son. And once you, once you kind of have that lack of mobility, I should say, or lack of agility, as far as what you can do on a weekly basis, it's nice to be able to stay plugged in, but it's also like you have to then start to scale back, what you can actually do. It's interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I feel like I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no, go ahead. Well, I feel like I, I missed an important thing when you asked me, but basically what why the channel or what, what's going on with the channel. Sure. The main thing was I wanted to still be in the scene, but but yeah. how can I bring the scene to me? <laughs> That's really what it boiled down to. Um and now you mentioned press pass. That's something I probably should look into getting. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah, no, I was just I was just basically saying, like you know th- this is as you get older, your your I guess your ability to get fame, fortune, recognition, acknowledgement as like an up and coming artist, or hey, we I just started a new band. like once you get to a certain age, people stop really giving a shit about that kind of stuff from you. so it's like what else do you have to offer? And it's like, oh, well, actually, I do this. so like over here i'm I'm somewhat gonna help you, but uh, yeah, was like I- I've known for years that people aren't necessarily. Going to pay attention to my music career, so I just kind of do that on the side, and everything else, business-wise and journalist-wise, I've I've been doing for years anyway. So that's something I, I kind of kind of rolled all up into one for Powered by Rock, and it seems like that's kind of a similar story to you: is musicians that that want to keep going, but it's just you know the, the the ability to go out and play shows is is not as easy as it once was. Like when you're twenty. All you gotta do is get a day off work and you go play a show. Now it's not that easy.
1: <laughs> that gear gets heavier, man. I,
0: yeah. <laughs> I, uh,
1: I, I, the the first of the showcases that I was talking about, I did at Chiba Hut in the summer, and it's an outdoor mm-hmm. thing, and I brought all the gear. And yeah. I don't know what prompted me to do this, but I weighed myself before and after, and I lost three pounds that day.
0: <laughs> it, yeah. It so yeah, in May, I mean, that's... crazy, and I
1: was like, I nope.
0: Yeah, that's a hundred degree weather. No, for no, this sure. was in like yeah.
1: this, this was in summer. This was the oh, okay. summer, like August, and I and I, it was just dripping. Just everybody's just dripping, but I was yeah. I just remember going, this wasn't this heavy before, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But yeah, you know, it is what it is. So, um, so yeah, well, let go ahead.
0: I was gonna say, let's back up and talk about like you talked about playing music in in the scene in the Las Vegas local scene for a decade. What kind of music were you playing? what kind of bands were you in? What kind of shows were you playing? What kind of, you know, venues were you at and stuff like that?
1: Right on. It it started with open mics, like, you know, so many. And then I remember doing open mics at the palms with Michael Soli. So that's, that's a while ago. Um, and then, uh, it before that I had already put out an album, um, of just acoustic singer, songwriter, you know, singing about a girl kind of stuff. Um, and that's why I made this line of merch actually, was because I had to remind myself, turn around occasionally and go touch that stuff, you
0: know?
1: Yeah. And um, I was doing, the, the, I was thinking, okay, just do my own solo thing, do, do the covers, do the, you know, whatever, but, but just me. And eventually I started missing being in a band from when I was younger. Uh, yeah. So I, I I've done the acoustic singer songwriter thing. I've done the indie pop or uh, sorry indie rock and and slightly harder rock stuff. But um, that's that's really it. it. It was it was always trying trying to look for that moment where the music stops for a second right before you're about to stomp on the distortion box or you know the beat's about to drop. And that's yeah. why the, the the indie rock band was called the suspense because of that moment. Gotcha. And uh, like you, eventually you reach a point where, you're like, mm, it's it's losing a little bit of the allure, but I still want to be part of things. Yeah, and uh, that's why you know I, I went down my path. I wasn't trying to change the world, and I wasn't trying to uh, shock people or or you know come up with the new the new trend. I was just trying to write good music.
0: Yeah, yeah, makes sense. I mean. So I, I feel like everybody's got their own flavor and, and it's kind of one of those things I ask everybody, like, you know, do you think that people in a band enjoy their own music? And, and sometimes people are like, you know, even in bands are like sometimes they hate playing their own songs. And I'm like, I've been playing like the same songs that I've written since high school. And I'm like, I still like these songs. I'm like, I've never got I've never had to play them like 30,000 times like some of these guys might have to. But I'm like, I intentionally wrote music that I like, which. Maybe nobody else in the world likes, but maybe a couple of people do or whatever. But I feel like if if you like the music you play, it doesn't really matter what you make, what kind of sound you have, what genre you stick to. If you can enjoy it and you like listening to it and you like playing it, then that's something you can do forever. I mean, it's like, you know, drawing or or anything, really playing a sport like you like doing it. And it's something that... I've always liked my own music. I'm like, I don't know why it doesn't sound good to other people, but maybe my voice is just annoying. I have no idea, but that's one of the things I've always found is that's the reason why I keep going back to it is because I don't hear everything that I want to hear on the radio or, you know, from other bands. So I go down and create something that I think is a little bit fresh on the same kind of level. And you're saying, you know, you're not trying to reinvent the wheel, but you're, you're going to probably create something You know your unique experience from all the influences that you have, creative or uh, you know, creatively. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, And I I always find that when I write music, I want to write as opposed to trying to write something I think is going to be popular. Yeah. It's a whole other thing, and I don't like the stuff I write when I try to write something that's popular.
0: Yeah, I agree. People don't either,
1: but you know, uh, (laughs) I I think the better, I think the bigger question is. Not do you like the music you wrote, but do you like listening to yourself perform that music? Because that's a whole other thing. I, I don't like listening yeah. to my own recorded stuff a lot because there's always in the back of your head, well, ah, that's not what I that's that's not how I should have done it. Or
0: it could be know, better, yeah.
1: <laughs> it could be better. That's not what I sound like anymore, kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. uh one of I my agree. one of my, my secret joys is every time, anytime I get for whatever reason I get an opportunity to get up and perform something, even if it's just singing a cover with with somebody. I love being around people, it, it, this is a total ego thing, but I love surprising people with the fact that, oh yeah, I know he could do music too. Yeah. Like he actually is a musician. I'm like, yeah, this stuff, you know, I didn't just buy guitars to hang on the wall and hang hats on, <laughs> you know, um, that's, so yeah.
0: Yeah, and and I'm the same way, that's, that's you know. Oh. I have no problems performing and, and most, most musicians, especially if you've ever been a lead singer, don't have a problem performing, but yeah, it is definitely short. an ego thing. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, go up to karaoke and just like start belting it out when everybody else is struggling to sing uh, like the simplest songs. And you're like, oh my God, let me go and just put on like a bit harder of a song and shred you to pieces right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I, I do, karaoke for me is a guilty pleasure that I don't do yeah. anymore unless I'm, like my wife and I went on our first ever cruise uh, and my kid, sorry, my, my family and I went on a first ever cruise. And uh, my wife and I would go out, uh, you know, during the nights, uh, while the kid was just like, I'm going to stay in the room. We would go look for some stuff and there was karaoke. So, of course, yeah. I had to get up and do a, a song. And the, the selection wasn't the greatest. So, I had to go to like my fourth or my fifth usual song. But it was still kind of, you know, you're hanging out, you're talking to people, you're meeting strangers. And you're like, oh, excuse me, I got to go do a thing, and then you, then you get up and yeah. you nail, you know, that's life by Frank Sinatra or something. <laughs> that that moment, there's nothing better to me than wow, you you really can sing. It's like, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: I know, and, and that in a dollar fifty gets me a candy bar. You know, it's
0: exactly, like... exactly. Right. <laughs> so
1: yeah, um, I, you probably have the same thing where when you were done performing, you were no, more nervous afterwards because you had to go talk to people about it. And you would hear, you know, you had to sit there and be like, thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you.
0: Yeah, it's weird. I'm not great at getting compliments regardless of what it's for. It's like you just kind of deflect it like, oh, yeah, it's nothing. Like anybody can do this. Like you just kind of brush it off because it's weird to have people say thank you and you did good. And it's like, I'm just doing what I like to do. Like it doesn't matter if (laughs) if you like it or not.
1: Yeah, but there's two words. uh, Imposter syndrome. Yeah. It's so true. It's so real. It means, mu- especially in musicians and songwriters, it's we're never satisfied and we're never quite believing because we don't because of some metric in our head, whether it's album sales or merch sales or uh, crowd turnout or or whatever. Yeah. There's always something where we're like, yeah, but this would have been nice, yeah. and and that's it's. Um, I did a, a video on it early on in the channel's history because I was again trying to come up with content, but. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I started thinking, um, what is something that this is another this is another direction that the channel is trying to go to is looking at new musicians and things they need to know. Not that I ever got famous, not that uh, I've never even been on tour, like it just yeah. never happened. But I'm observant and I see certain things and I learn certain things, and I've made I've made and missed out on many mistakes. And um, the the imposter syndrome is is so real that. It, it You know, if you're a musician, believe in yourself, because at the end of the day, you have to listen to it and you have to be happy with what you're making.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's a great point. So I want to get a little bit more kind of into your background with some like quicker questions. So that way we can kind of dis- like we can create our own mind judgments of what you're like as a person from some quick facts. And one of the things I like to do is <laughs> judge me. Yeah. wash me <laughs> one of the things i like to do is ask me your judgment a top three or a top five or a top favorite of something but just for the first one give me your top three favorite rock bands or rock musicians of all time
1: i'm gonna start i'm gonna this this is one a lot of people wouldn't say i'm gonna go with triumph okay you're familiar with triumph
0: i'm familiar with them i don't listen to them but i know of them
1: well, it's not like I listen, I can't remember the last time I listened to them, but when I think yeah. of classic rock bands that were not, like I've always kind of wanted to go slightly left of center in, in, in many things and, and like I'm not, yes, I, I'm, I, I can get into, you know, early and even concurrent Metallica, I can get into Zeppelin, I can get into ACDC, I can get into all those ones, but I like Triumph because they're a unique sound Mm-hmm. It was a sound I couldn't replicate myself singing wise without hurting myself. Um, yeah, the song the songwriting was just solid and and they were well written songs, but somehow they never got. You know, it, they they're not Zeppelin. They're not you know yeah. they they they're not the big. I don't know. A lot of people don't know who the hell they are, sure. but they to me there was so much passion in it. And A lot of the acts that came out in the 80s and the 90s, um, like Steelheart and um, the Nelsons, <laughs> uh, or Nelson, rather, uh, a lot of those ones that were singing the higher register, yeah, I feel like they were influenced by Triumph and bands like that. So, uh, that's yeah. that's num- that they're not my number one pick, right. I'm not trying to do this in any sort of ranking or for top three, but yeah, I'm gonna say Triumph. Now, correct me if I'm Sorry, wrong, but. I'm,
0: from, from memory, from what I understand and what I remember of Triumph is they kind of have a similar sound to like a band like Asia or something like that, right? Kind of like right, and I don't pop, know the timing. pop singer rock band.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know where they were in the timing of, of Asia and, and Europe and, and all those. I don't know who came first, quite frankly. Yeah. But for me, Triumph is there also because somebody gave me a a, a, a cassette tape. You see kids. Yeah, Audio cassette tape. But uh. Let's see here what else this is a band that, that um they're influenced by uh previous bands such as um oh, what's the name of the band crap one has got herself a big run beaver um oh primus what's that band crap primus thank you i don't know why i was thinking primus uh but yeah so they're influenced by you can tell like the songwriting there's definitely some primus there's some definitely some of that um we want to make music that rocks but at the same time makes you go Huh? That's Clutch.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Clutch
1: uh, is great. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. Uh, working out to Clutch always m- makes me, well, made me happy when I was working out. Um, So that's that's somewhere in there, number two. And then number three, I'm going to go local yep. Crimson Riot. Crimson okay. Riot, they were my headliners at my first showcase on purpose. They were literally the third act or fourth act that I interviewed ever. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, really? Uh, Roxy, mm-hmm. It's Roxy Gunn. You're familiar with Crimson Riot? I am, yeah. Yeah, so you know every show, Chris, the bass player, who's pretty much around our age, yeah, getting close, he's leaping higher than the drum set, you know, yeah, <laughs> to any landing on that first downbeat, um, and it's just everything they do, regardless of the set, they are bringing the high high energy. You you hate to follow them, you know. I always feel bad for any act that has to follow them. Yeah, which is why I had them headline. But um, yeah, yeah crimson Riot... Roxy Gun, Chris, uh, R.J., who is uh, Roxy's brother, R.J. replaced her dad, Ryan. So it's always been family for the uh, Roxy Gun project and for uh, Crimson Riot. I cannot say enough good things about them. They are so supportive of just the entire scene. At every single thing I've ever seen, every single show I've seen them at, as soon as they're done playing, or if they haven't played yet, you're going to see at least Roxy Gun front of the stage. Just watching the other bands getting into them, regardless of what genre they're playing, they are like I said, so super supportive. So uh, that's that's my top three uh, off the top of my head.
0: Nice, good. It's good and and very diverse group. So that's pretty good. Um, so another quick one. Well, I shouldn't say it's it's always a quick question. It's never a quick answer, right? Everybody's like, "Oh, a quick question for you." It's like well, that is I'm a loaded s- question because it's never worried. a quick. It's never a quick answer. It's always a quick question. <laughs> But what would right. be the what would you consider the best concert you've ever seen, and why was it awesome?
1: Ooh, <sighs> not the not the best concert I've ever been in, but that I've
0: sure seen. yeah I will go seen as in like was participating in in like when you were in the crowd
1: because now that, not that that's you a it, thing.
0: yeah not that you necessarily <laughs> saw on like YouTube or uh, DVD or something or VHS as we used hmm, to see this is
1: going to be a, a, a this is going to be a minute here cuz um i have fond memories of the first concert i ever went to but that you know i wasn't in it i wasn't involved at all and quite looking back it was like that wasn't a really good concert at all and it was that was at san diego state's um outdoor amphitheater the my first ever band we went and it was free it was like i think it was free to go see them it was um gin blossoms okay it was um, uh, crap, I'm, I'm brain farting, uh, pocket, pocket full of kryptonite, uh, spin doctors. It was spin oh, doctors. Okay, yeah. It was, it was, it was cracker. They were on tour oh, together. Wow. And yeah. And gin blossoms were the headliners. Cracker was the middle act and the opening was, um, uh, what I say?
0: Spin doctors.
1: No, I'm sorry. Spin doctors were headline spin doctors were headline. And okay. it was weird because the best part of the whole concert was this guy would come out with dreadlocks. Playing a, a hand drum like a cajon or something, or not a cajon, but a djembe, and he he would be like, you know, it's a marvelous night for a moon dance. He was the best part because he was in between each act, and the crowd was into him for some reason. Like uh with Cracker opened, man, you know, eh, it was this Cracker. They they played yeah. their set, and everybody was like, yay! And then Jim Blossoms came up. My rebiting memory of that set is they had a, a frog with flashing eyes that they put at the front of the, the the stage, and the singer took some selfies with the crowd and took some selfies with the band and threw some polaroids. Out, this is back in polaroids day. Threw polaroids out into the crowd. I'm like, well, that's cool. You know, imagine you, you get one of those. You're like, cool. But they played "Jealous," "Hey Jealousy," four times in that set. Really? No clue why. No clue why. It was the big hit <laughs> on radio. But I'm like, what are you doing? I yeah. you know you have more songs. What are you doing? And then it must have been a clip. Like, a, you have to play it a certain amount of times or whatever. Well, I don't know. But then uh, Spin Doctors came out. And again, they did their set. You know, singer's bent, grabbing his leg and bending, gyrating. And it was okay. So that wasn't, like, the best concert. That's just fond memories. My favorite concert, again, answering the question very roundabout way. <laughs> my favorite concert, I think going to be one that um the first time i uh, i played house of blues and okay. my it was the, the suspense the indie rock band we we opened this uh showcase that uh josh Fig had put out called envy showcase E yeah, N V Y, and the nb was capitalized for you know nevada yeah because this was this was the big step to like oh this is what a real venue this is what it's like to have a green room yeah. but you know much less three green rooms like the house of blues has this is what it's like to have, you know, a shower in the green room and to yeah. have, you know, folded towels and bottles of water. And having having played the upstairs courtyard at, at Mandalay Bay in the House of Blues, where you don't get, you don't get nothing. Yeah. For, you know, for playing that. Um, th- this was, it was cool, but also the sound, because there's a sound person in the crowd and there's a sound person stage left and you can hear everything on stage. The crowd can hear everything. And it was one of those. I. I. It, it sucked that we only had, you know, a half hour or whatever our set was yeah. to play. That was that was one of those times where I really wish like we we had been like more time. But uh, the, every act that night, uh, some of which had been on room six uh, at, later on, were were just solid, amazing. Spent most of the time backstage, just just watching them going, "Wow, I'm glad we opened." <laughs> you know, yeah. wouldn't wouldn't want to follow. Um yeah. and, but it was that was that was my favorite show uh, show memory. It's what question I ask a lot of times is what's your favorite show memory of performing? That's my favorite concert because, you. It was it was something I wanted to invite my wife to. You know.
0: Yeah.
1: As opposed yeah, to it's, come see it's me definitely like a milestone type of thing. It was, and um, I I wish I had kept some sort of memorability from the from the evening. A uh, funny story. I'm done playing you know, every, every musician has a little rock star checklist of things that you hope happens that you want to yeah. make happen. Kid at the front row says, Hey, can I get your pick? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, man. And I, am feeling like the <laughs> shit, you know? And, um, and then I, I mentioned it to the guitarist for the next band, Veridian, uh, Viridian and he's like, oh yeah, he did that to me too. I'm like, <sighs> yeah. so he's just hedging his bets that somebody might be famous. He's just gathering picks. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> All right, but still that was one of those reasons why you just were sort of like, that was so cool. I'm so glad that my wife got to see that that happen, and, and the friends that she brought.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, House oh, of Blues is a great question. venue. It's, it's, it's an incredible sound. And, and like you said, minus the pillars that kind of stick out in the crowd at like, if you're walking around, yeah. other than that, it's yeah. a perfect venue pretty much.
1: <laughs> well, that and the, you've got to put your merch like out in the front where yeah. people go through the door.
0: Up the stairs that... and around the corner, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and when you, you know, the three-piece band and that's it, you, you don't have a merch person. Yeah, You want exactly. a merch person, so.
0: <laughs> All right, so let's quickly talk about what's the next things coming up for Room 6. I know you talked about, uh, or we haven't talked about it yet, but you mentioned to me that you have a Twitch channel. You have some other things coming up. Obviously, the, um, the May 6th, May 6th? Yes, May 6th yeah. uh, showcase that you're doing at Hennessy's. Um, but tell me more about what what you got coming up other than that, and then obviously the Twitch channel as well.
1: Uh, well, I will talk about the Twitch channel. I have uh, uh, I have my own podcast. It's it's pre recorded because I'm I got enough going on. It's kind of a I hit record and I just talk about shows that are happening in the scene for that week, and it comes out every Monday night at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Room Six Radio. If you go to Twitch, type in Room Six Radio, you should see it. Um, it also simultaneously, <clears throat> pardon me, is, um, will live stream to the room six LV, uh, Twitch channel, which is where like live streams I do at, at shows and stuff. That's where yeah. that goes. Uh, and also it'll be posted to, um, the YouTube channel and to where else, where else, where else I think I posted. Oh, and the, then it also is posted to Spotify. Spotify now has a video podcasting as a yep. thing so it goes there it goes audio wise it goes to as an audio podcast to all the audio things so room six radio is is something i'm trying to build i started it this year at the beginning of the year to really talk about hey it's you know we're talking about from february 27th through march 5th here's the shows that are that have come to my attention that i've seen or have been told about that are local in vegas go see them and i'll talk about like maybe here's monday and tuesday and then i'll show I'll have a featured artist, a room six artist for that week, and I show them performing here because I have that content. So you know, why not? Yeah, and so uh, that's that's the big thing I'm working on. That's the, um, every week, I know I have this. Uh, I'm working on some interviews with uh, some pretty uh, some out of town acts that everything about them says they're gonna be they're gonna be huge. so i'm yeah. I'm excited about that. Uh, and then, of course, the showcase. I'm currently looking for a sponsorship for that to help pay for things. Uh, I'm paying the musicians to play. It's it's just showcase a showcase and name. I'm not asking them to play for exposure um, yeah. and, and pay for things like, you know, shirts, marketing, maybe a bar tab, you know, all that stuff. So if you are listening to this or watching this and you want to support the local scene, I would really appreciate it if you'd hit me up. Uh, one of these two places right here and mm-hmm. let me know that you're interested in maybe sponsoring either with uh, some sort of giveaway prize I'm, I'm gonna have a star wars costume contest because may the sixth why not like <laughs> i wish i could show you the flyer I, I don't have it printed but the flyer is 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 all about like a, the drive-through drive-in movie you're watching a, a lightsaber fight and uh it's all about you know revenge of the sixth because this is. I'm hoping, even though it's Hennessey's, if you've been to Hennessey's, you know the stage isn't that big. I'm hoping it's going to feel like a bigger concert than it than it will be.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Very cool. Uh, what, else? Uh, what else? I was gonna say, do you have uh, any uh, like shout outs that you want to give to anybody before we go today, or yeah, anything sure. that you kind of want to?
1: Yeah. Yep, I want to, I want to shout out Hal Savar, who is putting on uh, the songwriting showcase at Soul Belly Barbecue uh, every third Sunday at uh, from six to nine p.m that is live streamed as well on my channel. And um, from that, so many of my interviews come because song, singer-songwriters, you know, I'm a lot of people's first interview, quite yeah. frankly. And I'm also a lot of times their first, like, semi-decent recording of them sure. performing. You know, I'm, I'm not making an album, or, but but they they get here. There's something about the essence of a song that is so different when you're not surrounded by like a show. In, in, not in a place full of people making noise when you when you come here and you play your music it's it's a raw kind of you know a thing and it's the essence of the song like i said and i find a lot of times that i hear things in the song that i didn't catch at the show gotcha yeah and so i want to thank i want to shout out house of for giving me the opportunity to get lots of content from from these things but also (laughs) he's he's putting on it he's putting on a showcase that is they're not paid but but they, they, it's a chance to perform a real stage with real lighting and, you know, real audio and, and a sound person in a place that there's going to be people there. And it's like 10 or 11 performers in a night. It's, it's a good thing. And so that's, that's a place where I've, I've gotten up and played a few times, um, which is always nice to surprise people, like I said.
0: Very cool. And last thing before we go today, give me one song recommendation that you've heard lately that you think would be a good recommendation for our fans. Rock music, obviously, as it's powered by rock.
1: Yes, yes. Huh. Bear in mind, I record, I, I review songs. I review a lot of music. And, and I hear a lot of music at these shows. So, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I, I could easily just say, say, oh, the last act that was on. Um, yeah. Care.
0: but now you're not going to i
1: i i really like i wish i were a demon yeah right yeah i wish i were a demon by the the doll heads i like that one oh, also but what's in my head a lot is it's Friday on friday da, da, da.
0: oh um, yeah before let's friday see here. yeah
1: yeah yeah before friday i always forget the name No, this is a good song i got it i'll stick with the, the in the triumvirate that i mentioned earlier i'm gonna go with crimson riot
0: sure
1: i'm gonna say gatekeeper okay love that song and I well, love the message. I love the the energy, um, and I just yeah, that song never fails to get me hyped.
0: Very cool. Well, I think Crimson Riot's going to enjoy this because they've got mentioned twice now on this show. So that's going to be uh, now. I Have to it get them on the up. show just so that people so people will actually know. Oh, Crimson you haven't had one Yes. Las Vegas. Oh,
1: yes, they're 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 a hoot. They're they're fun to have yeah. on the show. Um yeah. They, they hold the record for the longest finished video at an hour and a half, with three songs in the interview. And, um, let's just say that we had a good time, but editing it, I was like, Oh, why did I bring out the Jameson? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I saw yeah. early on in your, in your uh, room six ventures, you had drinking involved and yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it, it's, I'm not going to invite musicians over and, and not have something for them, but then again, I had a lot of people come on and they just don't drink alcohol at all. And I matched them, you know, whatever it is we're doing, but Crimson Riot, we finished, four of us finished a bottle of Jameson in shots. (laughs) It was a (laughs) fun interview. Yeah. But that was, that was one of those lessons you learn as an interviewer. You're like, "Mm, yeah, it's also the reason why now I have them generally do the performance first and and then we go do the interview and I, I, I reverse the order, but, um, yeah, it's the alcohol thing is there because it's, it's kind of liquid courage for a lot of the, a lot of these people who I'm their first interview, but it's also, what do you do when you go to someone's house? You hang out in their kitchen, maybe you drink their booze or, you, you know, you have a drink and you talk and that's yeah. what, why I wanted that vibe. I've had the opportunity to be like in a studio with a green screen or something. And it just didn't feel right. I, I, I yeah. just couldn't, you know, do that kind of thing. Even if I'm just doing my own solo videos where I'm reading a script, it felt weird. It felt wrong. I, I like being able to mess with what's back there. Like that yeah. sign right there, that room six sign just got that from Dennis get, uh, Dennis Geffen, I believe is his last name. Or, or Dennis from uh sector seven G, a punk band in town. And he made gotcha. that. And I'm like, thank you. It's it's yeah. awesome. I'm, I'm going to try and get it like, get lights in and stuff. Anyway. I digress. I'm starting to take over this thing. Sorry.
0: It's all right. <laughs> That's how it goes. But I do want to thank you, obviously, for taking the time, obviously, out of your day to come and hang out with us and talk about the Las Vegas local scene, obviously. But Room Six guys, make sure to go to the show notes below this episode to check all the links out, and you know, go over and and give Josh some subscriptions. I know you're pretty close to 500 subscribers on YouTube from, from your last post, and I think you're like 13 away or something like that. So get him over the hump, uh, guys, and, and go subscribe yeah. to him. Yeah. <laughs> I yes. think guys, guys, remember, the Powered by Rock podcast is powered by our listeners. If you want to show some support, please be sure to subscribe and share the podcast on social media. You can also make a donation to the podcast if you want to help us keep making awesome episodes with awesome guests. You can find that link in the notes as well. You can see our full video interviews on YouTube and Spotify now as well. As Josh mentioned, uh, we do have, like you do, uh, Spotify videos available now. And then if you want to check out some of our articles, album reviews, lists, and interviews, go to PoweredByRock.com to read our abs- absolutely free rocking blog and find our merch and gear as well so you can pick up some items playing look like a rock legend that's our show for today we'll see you soon for the next episode until then rock on Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.